On your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. On the 30th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, we catch up with the Peel Thunderbirds' Emma Swanson. Gosford Wildcats coach Simon Berry drops by. Girls Play Footy's SA correspondent Christy Williams. And coach of the Gippsland Galaxy, Nikki Schroeder. All that on this week's girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 30th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Plenty to get through. We've got our interviews coming up, plus information on footy finals happening in Newcastle and Sydney uh, right after our first interview. But before I go anywhere, just to let everyone know, there hasn't been any reviews this week on the girlsplayfooty.com website. There's a few tech issues that we're sorting out at the moment and they should be all up and running again uh, by next week. So apologies for the delay on that. Just keep an eye on our Facebook page for more information, facebook.com forward slash Girls Play Footy. And I can tell you, of course, that girlsplayfooty.com radio will be broadcasting the VWFL Premier Division semi-finals this Sunday being the 30th of August from 11.30am. The minor semi-final kicks off the day at Witten Oval between the Melbourne University Muggers and the St Kilda Sharks. Losers out, win it through to the preliminary final and then the major semi-final at 2.30pm and that is between the Darabin Falcons and Diamond Creek Creekers. The winners, of course, go straight through to the grand final. The losers through to the preliminary Preliminary final again that game also at Witten Oval in Footscray. Commentary team for the day for the first match uh, myself, Daniel Hill, and Katie Lambeski. And for the second game, Katie Lambeski gets subbed out and subbing in Diamond Creek Ruck Tiana Ernst. That's our commentary team for this Sunday. You can listen via girlsplayfooty.com or on your mobile if you've got the TuneIn app, just search for Girls Play Footy. Let's jump into our first interview, and I've got on the line all the way from WA, from the Peel Thunderbirds, Emma Swanson. Emma, thanks for joining us, and uh, congratulations last week on that win over East Frio in the WA League semi-final. Yeah, thanks. It was, um, it was an awesome game to be a part of, that's for sure. Let's rewind back a bit for Peel's season because for the Thunderbirds, you were a little bit slow out of the blocks, weren't you? Yeah, we had a we had a tough start to the season. We 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 had a really solid preseason for the, the first time that I've been involved, and um, thought we'd get a get ahead to a, a really good start to the season. But a few injuries and a couple of ins and outs um, from the league to the Reggies, and yeah, we had a really slow start. Well, the important thing is you got it together at the right time. Going into that final uh, last week against East Frio, it can be a bit daunting, fourth side versus third side. What was the message going into that final? Oh, absolutely daunting. We, were, we hadn't actually beaten them all season. We'd versed them three times, and um, we got closer and closer to them throughout the season. I think the last game we played them um, two weeks before finals, and they just by 14 points. So um, the message was just we, we knew how to beat them, um, and we knew that we, we could play better football, and... Um, and get over the line. It was just a matter of believing in ourselves and just doing all the right things. It's an amazing thing, isn't it, finals football, that uh, all you need to do is catch a side at the right time, at the right place, and the results can go your way. Yeah, that's it. We were very lucky. It was only a four-point win, so um, it was close, and they did keep them coming, but, um, yeah, it was great to get up. And to be fair to your side as well, you've got some quality in there, not only uh, yourself and Kira Phillips obviously playing uh, at, at some stage for the Melbourne Demons, but also you've got uh, Breslin in there as well, who uh, was playing full back for WA in that state game this year. Yeah, Breslin's been, Breslin's had an awesome season, um, been more consistent this year than I think she has been in the last couple, and um, yeah, definitely holds them back and is, is a real key performer for us. 
You've got the biggest uh, task in football coming up against the Coastal Titans this weekend, who were surprisingly rolled by Swan Districts in the major semi-final. Uh, what's the attitude, what's the thinking going into the game this weekend, this Sunday? Yeah, absolutely. We are um, the underdogs, that's for sure. But um, I think coming into it, again, we haven't beaten them all season, which is, is probably a good thing. Um, it keeps us. Um, ready to go and hopefully we can go out there and just give it everything body on body and just everything we've learnt throughout the season and all that pre-season hard work can um, be put to use. So the girls thrive on that, that, that back against the walls attitude? Yeah, I think the vibe around the footy club in this week leading up to it um, is, has been really good and, and everyone's pretty positive and I'm looking forward to to the challenge and, and they're, they're a fantastic footy club and a fantastic footy team so um, it's always good to test yourself against the best. And talking about the vibe around the club, uh, the youth girls going well in the finals as well. Oh, the youth girls are absolutely fantastic. They um they they finished first, um and they've won their semi final last week. So they're through to the grand final, um, and just some awesome girls who are playing for our youth girls. So we can't wait until they can um, push on up and join us in our senior team. And uh, roughly, how many have had the chance this year to try and get a taste of senior football before they make the permanent step up? I think we only had about two come up um, from the youth girls this year. Um, next year is our year. I think we've got about seven of them who will sort of make the transition from youth girls to senior footy. So hopefully they can take out the, the flag in the youth girls this year and um, bring, a couple of, bring that to our senior team. And uh, finally, Emma, before we let you go, um, how would you describe your experience again with the Melbourne Demons uh, this year? You were listed in the top ten players as well for Melbourne in that thrilling four-point win over the Bulldogs at Eddie Head Stadium. Oh, it was absolutely fantastic to be a part of and, and to play underneath Michelle Cowan who I rate as probably one of the best football coaches out there um, and, and the bunch of girls that we had. Um, it was really, really good and, and we played team footy and, and it was just an awesome experience to be a part of, not just the games but the lead up to it as well. The, the team camps were, were amazing. And uh, yourself, you, you finished in the top 10. You had something like 82 ranking points, which in any given day would be quite respectable. But uh, when you look at it compared against Daisy Pierce, you had something ridiculous, like 220-odd ranking points. Yeah, she's, um, a, she's what you'd probably call a freak, but um, <laughs> she had an awesome second game. And um, I think she had 30 disposals and um, about the second highest was about 17, I think. So um, that sort of just puts it out there. And you don't even have to see the game to know that that's... That's a pretty amazing stat. And just before we let you go as well, just one quick little final point. Obviously, we're based in Victoria. We get to see what the reaction's been like in, in Melbourne to the TV coverage of the game. Uh, for you, based in WA, what's the, the media been like for you since that game, since uh, women's football was exposed on uh, national free-to-air television? Yeah, we, ha- we had um, a little segment come up on today tonight about female sport in general, and, and that got um, a bit of female football got a plug in that. Um, but I'd say most of it comes from the girls in Victoria sharing it on Facebook and then it, it comes around to WA and then we share it. So I'd say um, Facebook for me is where I see most of the articles just through all the other girls sharing it and retweeting and um, posting photos on Instagram. So um, I'd say most of it's coming from Victoria, but definitely that's spreading over here and, and reading it as well. And I thank Emma very much for her time.
Continuing on here on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, I should point out the finals happening in New South Wales this weekend. Uh, First of all, I'm going to go up to Newcastle and the Black Diamond AFL. Uh, They're there at preliminary final stage, and this is on Saturday, 29th of August, 10.15am, Newcastle number one sports ground, Newcastle City hosting Warners Bay in the preliminary final. The winner of that match will go through to the grand final to meet Nelson's Bay. So Newcastle City versus Warners Bay at the Newcastle number one sports ground this Saturday morning. Winner to play Nelson Bay the following week. Going across to Sydney, they're currently in the second week of Division 2 finals there. Uh, the first final being the UTS Shamrocks versus the Penrith Ramettes. That's the minor semi-final, and that is taking place at 12 p.m. Sunday, 30th of August at Hanson Park. And then in semi-final two for a spot in the grand final, Gosford Wildcats versus the Auburn Giants, 2.15 p.m. Sunday, 30th of August at Hanson Park. And on that note, I've got on the line the coach of the Gosford Wildcats in Simon Berry. Uh, Simon, must be a nervous wait for you. You've had two weeks off coming into this finals because you had the last round by, and because you finished top of the table in the top five system, you didn't have to worry about the uh, elimination or qualifying finals. Are you finally glad now to be out there and uh, going at it for the major semi-final? Yeah, no, that's right. It, it was a good result for us. Um, the results went our way in the last round and uh, meant we ended up um, coming minor premiers. Um, we've had uh, you know three weeks now of um, of hard training. Everyone's going to get out there. It's been an interesting make-up to the finals so far. I'm not sure if you had the opportunity to head along to last week's semi-finals. Uh, did you do much scouting to find out who you'll be up against? Yes, uh, myself and a few of the girls went down to uh, to watch the finals last Sunday, and uh, we were very uh, very interested in in the results. And uh, it was a couple of good games of footy. Uh, one of the surprising results, I guess, has been the Blacktown Magic, who, of course, got off to a slow start. Then they got on to a huge roll of wins, but they were the team first out of the finals. Uh, yeah, uh, I think, unluckily for them, uh, Penrith have really uh, hit their straps in the in the second half of the season, and they're in some, some really good form. Uh, so, unfortunately, Blacktown were on the end of that, but um, they've had a fantastic first season. Interesting semi-final, that, uh, the one that you're not in, uh, the other one for the elimination between the UTS Shamrocks and Penrith uh, Ramettes. As you said, Penrith just hit a bit of a purple patch where the Shamrocks got off to a great start uh, and then just fell into this bit of a hole around uh, July. Yeah, look, I think they had some issues with, with injury um, and um, they, were, they were fairly heavily hit uh, with, with, with players away. Um, I think, interestingly, uh, the UTS-Penrith uh, fixture is, is about the third year in a row that this corresponding uh, match has been on and, um, and UTS, I think, are, are looking for their first victory. And, of course, for you, you're hosting the Auburn Giants who've just been improving year on year and they've been consistently amongst the top three this year. Yeah, they've they've had a fantastic year and um, they're they're really really growing and um, we they're the they're kind of team that really we really enjoy playing against because they they give us a a big challenge. Uh, they're very fast around the ground. They've got good skills and um, they'll give us a big test. What do you think you could take out of the, your last encounter against them? Yeah, well, we uh, we played them at home and and, and won reasonably comfortably. Um, they had a few out that day, um, but um, I think uh, you know we we played uh, the way that we wanted to play that day and um, and as I said we won pretty comfortably but I'm sure that uh, they'll come hard at us on Sunday. Should be a ripping match. How's the Gosford side looking at the moment? Any injury concerns? 
Uh, no, a couple of little niggles only, um, but uh, we'll go in reasonably full strength. Uh, we did have late in the season one of our midfielders, uh, Rachel Elcoach, she broke her ankle at training, so she's out. But um, uh, most everyone else is, is on board, but a couple of little niggles. As we mentioned at the top, you did have a, a two-week break. Uh, have you done a harder training session, done anything on a Saturday morning just to try and keep that match fi- fitness coming into finals? Yeah, last couple of weeks we've done some weekend sessions as, as well as our, our normal midweek sessions. Um, during uh, this week we've uh, we've eased up a bit, um, so we'll go on a bit of a taper and um, the girls are ready to go. Excellent. It should be an exciting match. And what's that uh, time and location again, particularly for people who want to get down and see how the top two sides go at it, Gosford versus Auburn? Yes, it's at Hanson Park, Marrickville. Uh, 2.15 is the first bounce. And it should be a ripping contest, and uh, and hopefully you'll be booking a ticket to that grand final. And if you do, I don't want to forecast too far ahead, but should a Division Two flag land in your lap, is that something to think about for the Gosford community about possibly making a step up to Division One, similar to what Wollongong have done? Yes, well, last year uh, Wollongong and and also Southern Power took the step up to Division One, and um, you know uh, that wasn't our goal at the start of the year. Really, we just wanted to have a few wins and have some fun. But um, as the year's gone on. Um, you know, we've we've uh, enjoyed some success, and um, you know that's the plan now to go all the way. And if we end up getting uh, advanced up to Division One, we'll, we'll we'll deal with that when it comes. And I thank Simon very much for his time. Continuing on the finals theme here at GirlsPlayFooty.com, we now go across to South Australia and catch up with our GirlsPlayFooty.com SA correspondent in Christy Williams. Christy, great to have you on the line. Division 1 and Division 2 finals over in Adelaide at the moment. Let's have a look at the SAWFL Division 2. Now, the season actually started with five teams, but in the end, only four made it through the whole season. Well, yeah, it's disappointing that um, Port Adelaide couldn't get a team up. They do have a long history, obviously, both men's and women's side. The women have been very successful in the past. I was really disappointed when they disbanded and they tried to get it up and they just they didn't have the legs for it. And unfortunately, the other the other side that joined this year, Western Suburb Hawks, have, they keep trying. They've got great enthusiasm, but they're just not up to the, the task, unfortunately. And they both of those teams have gotten beaten by you know three figure totals pretty much every week. And it's yeah, it's been a it's been a weird league this year, I guess. It's been a difficult thing, but I guess if there's anything that's going to help them, it's been the signs that it looks like uh, Fitzroy, and we say Fitzroy in South Australia, and Mount Barker are looking at entering sides next year. So hopefully, even if they're not up to great standard, they will give Western Suburbs some type of competition. Well, that's the hope. And Mount Barker and the Hills areas, we've got a big catchment area, and all this women's stuff, I really think it's going to start to blossom soon. Um, like we've seen with the Socceroos and Matildas with the soccer participation. I, I definitely think Mount Barker have got a very good chance. And I've seen a lot of their advertising and they're giving it a red-hot go. So, look, hopefully there's, yeah, just more competition, like you said. Well, let's have a look at the semi-finals. First of all, starting in Division 2 of the South Australian Women's Football League. Uh, the Morville Park Reserves hosting uh, the West Suburban Hawks out at Fork Reserve Sunday afternoon, 1pm. Yep, so... Um, on Sunday, Morfittville hosted at their home ground in Kellett Reserve, um, hosted the Hawks, and it was a kind of, I think it was a 90 or 88 point win, maybe. Um, and it was a bit of a walk in the park. Both sides have um, a lot of beginners, Morfittville included, but Morfittville have a few more top tier players. And that's all the difference in, um, in women's footy, as you know. I mean, had a dominant forward, um, Alex Armstrong, kick a couple, and Lenny Winston's been playing for probably on a decade and kicked a couple herself, so it's probably not going to be much of a 
um, battle, unfortunately, for Morfordville, but who knows? It's finals footy. Uh, first versus second in the major semi-final, 7pm Saturday night, University Oval, Anglevale versus Adelaide University. And uh, University actually got a little bit of good PR um, just a few days ago when they were talking about women's footy in South Australia, getting their photos in the uh, Adelaide Advertiser. Yeah, I noticed that. It was just some pretty cool photos too. They look quite professional. Um, Anglevale got um, themselves got a bit of a, a write-up in the local paper I saw today. Um, not the Advertiser, but... Um, yeah, both sides. Anglevale have come back from Division One, so they're obviously or um, always going to be the stronger. But um, Adelaide University unfortunately lost a couple of players during the year to travel and things like that. So they started more dominant Adelaide, and Anglevale now have just they're powering ahead, and they beat um, Adelaide University by 29 points in the weekend. Um, so you'd think that they'd, they'd do the deed again. And, of course, a preliminary final and then grand final still to come. Let's focus on the main deal. This is Division 1 of the South Australian Women's Football League. We start off with the elimination, uh, third versus fourth on Sunday, 2 p.m., Edward Smith Reserve, Greenacres versus uh, Salisbury. And, and for the Magpies, for them, a journey from Division 2 up to Division 1 to play finals in their first year of Divi 1. Greenacres uh, surprisingly knocked off Morfordville Park not that long ago. Well, they did indeed, and surprising, surprising, yes, to many. And um, Salisbury, yeah, they've they've jumped up to Division One, but they've while the score lines might not show it, they really have handled it with a plum. I mean, a lot of their players is of um, under eighteen SA members, so they're very talented. But obviously, they've got a long way to go. So while the score line might not reflect it, they've they've done really well this season. But unfortunately, in finals footy, it's experience and big bodies that matter most, and that's what. Green Ace squad, and they showed it against the 2014 Premiers a couple of weeks ago when they gave them an absolute towel up. So, yeah, Green Acres are looming very large at the moment. It's probably a bit scary to Western Morfordville Park, but um, Green Acres are the, the experienced team and they're, they're building nicely. And as we always say, it's good to have that joker in the pack come to the finals because it does make it interesting because with respect yeah. to West Adelaide and Morfordville Park, you don't always want to see the same old two go at it year after year after year. Well, absolutely not, and it's such it's indicative of women's women's football in in most leagues, um, bar maybe Western Australia, who have good depth. That the same the same teams are always at it, and Greenacres have been known to spring an upset in finals time because people take them lightly and then they lose out physically. Um, Greenacres beat Westies a couple of years ago in the final. Greenacres beat Morphys a couple of years ago in the prelim final, knock them out. So. I mean, I'm hoping for a good contest. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and best of luck to the Magpies as well in that match. But the big one, as we said, first versus second semi-final uh, at 2.10pm Saturday at Glideral Stadium uh, where the Bays play out at Glenelg. I've been told as well it's the curtain raiser to the Glenelg versus yep. Crows Reserves match. So should be a good crowd in for that one, West Adelaide versus Morfordville Park. Yeah, and it's supposed to be really good weather. Um so, yeah, it's going to be a cracker, and Glitterol is a great um, stadium to watch at. It's not quite as big as um, Westie's normal home ground at City Master, so it, um, but should still suit, the ground should still suit um, Morfordville Park, who have a lot more run. Um, so they'll be excited that they're playing on a bigger bigger oval, and I think the atmosphere is just going to be great, having a few people trickle in, and, yeah. So I want you to put the prediction on the line um, for Division 1 and Division 2. Who do you think will take the flag in both? Oh, it's, it's really... I think Anglevale have probably got it sewn up um, for Division 2. 
Adelaide Uni are um, got some really good dangerous veterans, but Angle Vale better across the ground. And oh goodness, pick a pick a name out of a hat for the first division. I'd, uh, the heart says Morfittville, but the head says yeah, the head says Westies. But I think Morfittville uh, should. They've gotten beat a couple of times, so I think they'll have that hunger and I think they'll get their drive back. So I think I think they should be good for the flag. And I thank Christy very much for her time and congratulate her on all the writing that she's been doing for the South Australian Women's Football League Division 1 and Division 2 throughout the year on girlsplayfooty.com and she does it all as a volunteer. So top work, Christy. Well done. Now let's come back to Victoria where the VWFL final series is underway. In fact, it's grand final weekend for most of the lower divisions and semi-finals for Division 1 and the Premier Division. So I'm about to go through, get your pen and paper out because this is who plays who when. Uh, Saturday, 29th of August, Shepley Oval in Dandenong. Division 1 semi-finals are going to kick off the day at 1pm, North Geelong versus Knox. And at 3pm, Cranbourne versus Seaford. That's the Division 1 semi-finals at Dandenong. Continuing on at the same ground, Shepley Oval, Dandenong, 5pm, Q versus Deer Park for the Division 3 grand final. At 7.15pm, Gippsland versus Ajax for the Division 5 East Grand Final. Now, that Division 3 and Division 5 East Grand Finals on Saturday night from 5pm onwards will be shown live uh, on video stream via the vwfl.com.au website. On Sunday, the 30th of August at Coburg City Oval, three Grand Finals will be held there, all streamed live via vwfl.com.au with their video stream. At 10am, it will be the Division 5 West Grand Final between Sunbury and Melton Centrals. At 12.15pm, it'll be South Morang Lions versus Brunswick Renegades for the Division 4 Grand Final. And at 2.30pm, it'll be the Division 2 Grand Final between Port Melbourne Colts and the Montmorency Magpies. So the Division 5 West, Division 4 and Division 2 Grand Finals at Coburg City Oval, Sunday 30th of August. And again, that's streamed via vwfl.com.au. The Premier Semi-Finals are standalone at Witten Oval in Footscray on Sunday the 30th of August, 12pm Melbourne Uni versus St Kilda in the knockout semi-final. And in the major semi-final, 2.30pm Darabin versus Diamond Creek. Again, both of those games will be called on radio via girlsplayfooty.com and on the tuning app on your mobile. Just search for Girls Play Footy. Hopefully, that's got you covered with all the information that you need to know. Now, continuing on that theme of grand finals, we have got on the line the playing coach of the Gippsland Galaxy, who are playing at 7.15pm on Saturday night against Ajax, their first ever grand final for both sides. And that's why I've got Nikki Schroeder from the Gippsland Galaxy. Nikki, congratulations on getting your side to the top spot, getting it through to the grand final. I guess there must be plenty of nerves as you head into this big night grand final. Yeah, a little bit there. I've got, um, I don't know, it just feels like another game, I think. We're, we're a little bit nervous. I was having a chat with the captain today and just talking about it gets you nervous, I think. Well, let's rewind back a bit. We spoke with Chelsea Capel just when they were starting the Gippsland side, even before a jumper was chosen, before a nickname was chosen, and they'd only just had their first training session where I think 13 players showed up, and they were yet to appoint you. How did that process happen that you ended up getting the coach's gig? Um, I found out about the women's team probably in February that we were going to be having a team, and I was absolutely stoked to be having a team in Gippsland because last year I had to go all the way to Cranbourne to play football, and when Charles said that, you know, can you come along and help me out with the try, come and try day, I threw something on Facebook and a heap of my mates said, absolutely, we'll, we'll all come and play football. 
And, um, yeah, we got the 13 people there, and which was really good. I don't think Chelsea expected 13 people to turn up. And then um, we went from there. The, we had another two come and try days, and the numbers just kept growing, and which was fantastic. And Chelsea pretty much nominated me <laughs> that I was going to be part of the coaching panel, and I hadn't even asked my husband. And, yeah, I, I took it on board. They were happy to work around the draw with my youth girls that I coached as well. So um, happy to have taken it on board now, but... And was it a bit daunting? Because unlike any other club where you just, you know, you start up usually with a bit more time in advance rather than four weeks and normally uh, away from the shadows of the media, you actually had Wing TV coming down to film your first training session. Yeah, well, it was. It was very daunting. We, I didn't even know half the girls that turned up for that first training session. So it was, it was amazing how we all sort of bonded together um, just over those couple of come and try days. And the girls just felt really comfortable with... Um, me being the coach as well, being a female. Um, and that was one of the, the key points that Chelsea wanted me to be the coach, um, that I was female and I, I'd already played football at, um, women's football before. So they, that I sort of could direct them a little bit better. Um, cause women's football is a lot different to men's in, in terms of, um, especially Gippsland. Gippsland's never had women's football yet, let alone half these girls had never even played football. So, yeah. And your first win was actually a, a quite comfortable win against Endeavour Hills. Did that surprise you? It did. I, I said to Charles before the game, I said, I think we'll be all right. And she said, do you think so? I said, I really do. I've I've, I've just got this feeling because we've got a lot of girls that play netball and a lot of them know where to lead to space and, you know, to drive off players to get to that space. Um, and then just a the quick transition of give and go, a lot of them knew that from the start, just from netball. So just drilling it into their head that, you know, the quick hands and um, clearing it and whatnot, they, they just took it on board. And they, and that first game, we were so fast, Endeavour Hills didn't know what had hit them. It was good. And, and from then on, we just grew every week. And it's been a dream run, hasn't it, to finish top of the table at the end of the home and away season? Oh, it really has. We've We've had two losses for the season and one loss, we went to Rosebud with nine players. Uh, it was a Saturday game, and half our team was netballers, as I said. So all of them had to play netball. Uh, we rocked up at Rosebud, and I even registered my mum, who's 55 years old, <laughs> <laughs> just to get her on the field so we didn't um, have to forfeit because half of us had made the trip down to Rosebud. So we lost that game. Um, luckily, Rosebud gave us a couple of players to help us out just so we could play. And then our second loss was to Ajax, and that was probably our third game in. And I I still didn't know the girls, their potential in their positions and whatnot. But from that game on, I sat down and I went through the board over and over in my head because I just couldn't understand how we could go from being so good against Endeavour Hills to being beaten by Ajax three weeks after. I just had it in my head that the next time we meet them will be a different game. And you met them uh, twice after that and a couple of hundred-point wins. Yeah, yeah. I I realised that, like, there was key positions that I was playing players in and had no idea until I threw a few training sessions together, just watching them as a forward player leading out and um, how they would um, transfer the ball, you know, through the wings and down the other side of the field. Just players that I didn't weren't aware that, you know, could run onto balls and 
just things like that that sort of switched on at a couple more training sessions. And I thought, no, I can play her there. I can utilise this player here. And we sort of moved it around a bit and um, really really put in a hard back line. And that's what's really, really had us uh, over the line. Our back line's just been so defensive. It's, it's really got on board uh, on top of us. And I think I've read that you've managed to rotate 30 players through the side this year. Yeah, we have. We have. And... I mean, we've come we've come into the final now, and we've got 23 players ready to play. So we haven't had any injuries, touch wood, at all. And um, just being able, to, we, our team's very versatile. We can move them. I was looking at the board today, I, and I, I can move. I've got four tools that I can move throughout the whole ground, as well as my on ballers. I've got six on ballers that I can just rotate in. So just to keep the fitness up and keep the ball, um, the, the speed of the game going. And for you, a different experience as well, because most of your games have been day matches, and now you'll be playing the grand final on a Saturday night under lights at Shepley Oval. Yeah, it, it will be a very different experience, and it's meant to be forecast, forecast rain as well. So I've just told the girls, we trained in the rain the other night, which was and it was a night training session, but we felt really comfortable in it. So we're really looking forward to it, actually. And as well, because you've pulled girls from around the region, has that meant that some of their family and their friends from uh, those respective netball and football clubs from around the region are looking at sending some big numbers to Shepley Oval, Dandenong, which isn't too far from the Gippsland region? We do. We've got um, we've got a girl that plays at Woodside. I don't know if you've heard of Woodside. She's got a heap of the footballers and netballers coming down to cheer her on. Um, there's a girl from Painesville, so she travels an hour and a half to train every week for us. And um, all her family's coming down, so yeah, we've got we've got the whole Trogon Football Netball Club are coming to watch us. Unfortunately, it's my husband's fortieth birthday that night, so my whole family and friends will be at his fortieth. <laughs> well, you know, you should throw a surprise party out the back of the Shepley <laughs> Oval and the changers or something yeah, like that. You know, go, go cover two off at once. Well, they're pretty happy now that it's live streaming. The hubby's going to set up a um, a camera. Uh, sorry, a, a TV with with them so they can all sort of bit the party and be watching it in the background. Oh, that is absolutely fantastic. And as yeah. you said, hopefully you're going to have a big crowd there as well. And as well, the good news, I guess, out of the Gippsland region as well, there's about seven teams in the youth league in the Gippsland area, which obviously means for you in the future, girls feeding through to your side in the coming years. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I coached the Trogan Youth Girls to a premiership on Sunday and I there was about seven or eight girls from just that game that'll be coming up into our Gippsland game, and that's just the two teams. So throughout our eight teams in the Gippsland youth girls, it's very, very exciting of what we've got coming up. And I think as I read in the Trove Valley Express, they haven't confirmed anything, but there's been talks and thoughts about if the numbers can keep growing, about maybe starting a second Gippsland side, maybe as a reserves to the Galaxy. Yeah, I would love it that we could get a second team. Every week we've had new girls coming in. We, We have emails every week and... As I said to Chelsea, I don't turn them away. They all come and they start training so they get to know one another. Um, it's it's just growing. It's going to be massive in Gippsland. Hopefully in the future we could have our own Gippsland League happening like um, the Gippsland League football has at the moment. So, yeah, it's, it's very exciting for us in Gippsland. And I thank Nikki very much for her time. Well, that wraps up the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for this week. 
Thank you very much for your company. We look forward to uh, having you listening to us on girlsplayfooty.com for the VWFL uh, Premier Division semi-finals on Sunday the 30th of August. And we'll catch up with you throughout the week for yet another podcast as we talk about more finals action happening around the country. And if you know someone that we should be interviewing or you'd like to come on the podcast, just contact us via our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash girlsplayfooty. Until next time, I'm Peter Holden. It's bye for now.